1: Corbin, how are you, sir? I'm great. Doing,
0: doing great. Okay. When I saw you, just before we started recording this, I said, you look like a whole different human being. I think if most BYU fans were to see you today, they might not recognize Corbin Kafusi.
1: Oh, 100%. In fact, I've like ran into, when I've gone to some of the basketball games, like people always do a double take. They're like, wait, is that Corbin Kofusi? Okay. Explain why. Just why?
0: Why do you look like a different person now?
1: Well, I switched to offensive line, okay. and so of course, you got to be a big boy to play offensive line, and so I'm, I'm up to three thirty, three thirty five ish range, and. I've kind of got a little beard, long hair going, the the (laughs) classic post-BYU look. (laughs) It is a running joke with us in the media about guys
0: who finish up their time at BYU. All of a sudden, beards and long hair show up. (laughs) It's a a real thing. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about uh, the reasons. Let's start off here. Why did you switch to offensive line? Everybody remembers you playing defensive line for BYU, even some of that Mike linebacker, that spy linebacker role. Mm. But now you're an offensive lineman. What went
1: into that decision? I think all of it, it's opportunity. So, you know, I, I did camp down with the Saints as a defensive end, and it was great, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity as a defensive end there. And so when I got released, you know, I'm sitting here back in Utah, I'm training as a defensive end, and my my agent, he's like, hey, like a lot of teams could see you playing offensive line, okay? And at first I didn't want to, you know, I was like, but I'm a defensive line, and I'm like, yeah, good to know, but I play defensive line. And then the next week he calls me, he's like, to be honest, like defensive line right now, they're not picking up a lot of defensive line in the league. There's not a lot of movement. Mm -hmm. He's like, but if you switch to offensive line, he was like, I could probably get three or four workouts within a day okay? if you switch, because there's just that much need Mm -hmm. and demand for offensive linemen. And so that's kind of what was like, oh, you know what? It comes down to opportunity. And I just love playing the game. You know, I love the competitive spirit, no matter the position. And so that's kind of why I switched over.
0: Well, absolutely. I, I think opportunity, uh, I think it's a great word you just used, is the opportunity to to last in this league at a position that maybe, it's more of a premium position, it seems like, in this day and age.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it's crazy because, like, literally, as soon as I told him, I had probably practiced for, like, two weeks as an offensive lineman. Okay, And then uh, he was like, when do you think you're ready for a workout? And, you know, I'm just trying to be, like, optimistic. I'm like, I'm ready, man, whenever. And, he, and he's like... Okay, you're leaving tomorrow for New York. And I was like, "Oh." Cuz I thought it'd take him a couple of weeks to get me one. He's like, "Oh, no, nope, they want to work you out." So, <laughs> wow. So so you were, you you switched offensive line And were you working with somebody
0: to kind of train at it, or were you just doing it by yourself?
1: Uh, Luckily, my so DeAndre Wesley, who played at BYU, he was here. He had just had an injury and was rehabbing it. Okay. And so I hit him up, and we did some offensive line work for a week. And then my agent flew in, a former NFL offensive line coach, for the next week, and I worked with him. And he was awesome. So two weeks, and then you're on a plane to New York, meet up with the Jets, I presume. Yeah,
0: yeah, to meet with the Jets. Okay, so how did that workout go? Because obviously you, you signed on the practice squad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good, except for I had no idea the whole process. So I talked to my buddy here. We were here at the, we were at the Saints together, Porter okay, I. Okay, yeah. And we had both been released, and we were just working out. And he had had a couple workouts, and I was like, "Hey man, like, what do I need to take?" And he's like. Dude, you're literally there for like 30 minutes for a workout. So just take some cleats and then you'll be on a plane home. So literally, I took a backpack with a pair of cleats and the clothes okay. on my back. Uh-huh. And I show up there, and Bronson had just found out like the day I got there. Like he had no idea. Oh, he didn't know you were coming in. Yeah. Okay. So like I hit him up and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm flying in. And he's like, oh, what? <laughs> but I did like, know I go there, I go through the physical, I do the workout. And yeah, the workout's only 20, 25 minutes. You know, oh, so it was short, okay. Oh yeah, and they're like you just boom, boom, boom. And then after that, like it's kind of a waiting game, which is crazy. You're just sitting there with the other guys you did your workout with and uh-huh. you know what someone from upstairs will come and grab one guy and then they'll leave and then come grab another guy, they'll leave. And I was just Bronson and I were playing ping pong. Okay. <laughs> when All they were right. like, Hey, uh, we want to sign you and I was like, Oh, okay. What does that mean? I was like, Oh, so I'm not going home. They're like, No, you start tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, so you said you took a pair of cleats
0: and a backpack yeah. and just the clothes on your back. So were you borrowing clothes from
1: Bronson? What'd you do? Oh, absolutely. Like, of course, like they, they give you like clothes there the, for the workouts. Team, the team gear, yeah. Yeah, and that was nice. But I was, <laughs> it was a blessing to have, it was meant to be because I had nothing. Okay. I had absolutely nothing. And so Bronson came later that night to the hotel they'd put me up in. and yeah. He's like, here's a little bag of clothes. Like, <laughs> this should get you through. That's crazy. so it was sweet. Okay, so did you so you, I, I remember yeah, you
0: you said you worked out with the Saints obviously as an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. So was the Jets the first workout you had after making the switch to O-line and then you got signed right away?
1: Yeah. Yeah, like first workout I had. That's pretty crazy because I've I've heard
0: other guys talk about similar to Porter Gustin, You go to multiple workouts, yeah, it's thirty minutes, I guess, to show what you can do. And so many guys go through so many of these different workouts, but ultimately never get that opportunity.
1: Absolutely, and the the thing that's crazy to me is that these guys at the workouts, they're not like everyone is good enough to play. Correct. Like you're, you might some of the guys at my workout had been in the league two or three years. Okay, and they were active players and that whatnot, and so it's it's just a crazy that's the biggest eye opening thing is that everyone in the league is able, depending on the opportunity they get, like Porter for example, picked up by the browns and ended up starting some of the end of Correct. the year, yeah, you know, like anyone is good enough to play just depending on the opportunity they get
0: yeah they're they're all n f l guys,
1: yeah, everyone's at that top tier,
0: okay, so how many guys were you competing with at offensive line slash offensive tackle in that group
1: so it was at the workout, there was only three of us. Okay. And it was interesting because like the first 10 minutes, this was the, another strange thing to me, was all balance work. Okay. And almost like mobility. Okay. So yeah. it was like stand on, how long can you stand on one leg? And the coach is checking to see like your, your balance and whatnot. And I was like. Thank goodness I'm kind of flexible for my size because that helped a ton, but I I wouldn't expect that. But now I can see why as an offensive lineman it's so important to have that. Yeah. But, yeah, the first 10 minutes to 25 was just straight balance stuff.
0: That's fascinating to me because I'm a guy who played through high school. I never played beyond that, but – When you look at guys in the NFL, especially offensive tackles, you're going up against some of the best athletes in the entire sport, speaking of defensive ends. Oh, yeah. You played defensive end in college and were an effective, effective player at that position. How much does that background that you have as a defensive lineman help you now as you're trying to pass block and run block against those guys?
1: It helps a lot because you're able to – You can kinda tell what like as a defensive lineman, you know exactly where you want to get a guy. Okay. You know, in order to beat him. And now that I play offensive line, it's like I know where not to go. It's like (laughs) I don't want to do this because as a defensive lineman, you love it when they do this. So I'm gonna avoid doing that. And Uh you can kinda just see it's it's easy for me to see what guys are trying to do. Okay. So that's helped a lot.
0: Now, as you now you've worked what so how long were you with the Jets then officially last season? How many Um,
1: weeks? I think I was
0: with them for 11 weeks. Okay, so you have 11 weeks of working on this, essentially the scout team. Because practice squad guys are guys who are on the scout team Mm -hmm. showing looks against the first and second team offense, defense Mm -hmm. for the Jets. You have 11 weeks of working with these guys. How much of it was they were trying to help you develop as an offensive lineman for down the road with the Jets versus how much week in and week out you're learning an opposing team scheme to give these guys a look?
1: It's... It's a weird balance okay. that, you know, because of course, like as a practice squad guy, you're, your main thing is you're trying to give a look. correct. But at the same, like you said, at the same time, I'm trying to learn technique. And so I was just constantly trying to juggle the two. And then you're also trying to learn your own, like the own scheme of the, our correct. offense. Yeah. And so it was a big juggling match because some weeks I was like, oh, I want to focus on technique. But it's like, if you don't know what to do, then you technique barred. doesn't even matter really. And so it was a constant battle to figure out all those things at the same time.
0: Okay, talking with Corbin Kafusi, now offensive lineman for the New York <laughs> Jets, which is still weird to say. I'm not going to lie, Corbin. I've known you for years. Oh, yeah. It's, it's I, different for me. See, and I, Okay, so I remember you back when you were a freshman before your mission at BYU. You were suited up as an offensive lineman for a time. Has any of that come with you all these years later as you now are back playing offensive line?
1: A little bit. Okay. In fact, the crazy thing is, one of the uh, like the assistant offensive line coach, he was with Coach Weber, who was my okay, yeah, offensive line coach yes. when I was at BYU.
0: Weber's now at Washington State, if I'm not
1: mistaken. Is he? I'm, I'm not sure. I knew he was at Hawaii. For yeah. A so he bit. went with Rolo to and Then he Washington went to Washington State. State? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it was funny to make that connection yeah. with that coach when I got out there. He's like, "You're one of, you're with Webb. and I was like, "Yeah, man, that was some time, that was a long time ago." <laughs>
0: So uh, when when you talk with these coaches, what has kind of been some of the feedback they have given you as an offensive lineman now?
1: I think one of the things they definitely like is, like, the athleticism, the size, and just basically – The intangibles, you know, yeah, size, the length. I was going to say, your your length
0: obviously is going to be a plus. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I have a lot of raw potential. Now it's just molding it. Okay. And so the biggest thing is just reps. And so that's why it was great to be on the practice squad because I'm going up against the guys that play, you know, the ones every day. And it's good to just, and they they kind of tee off on you, you know. Oh yeah, they're they're jumping snaps, you know. (laughs) They're doing things they wouldn't do in the game, you know, because it's practice. Yeah. And so it was really good for me to get those reps, and even now, just I can see the why it's so important to just reps, reps after reps. Because I, you know, this is my first year doing it. Correct. And. I haven't had these years. You know, when I played D line, I had years of mm-hmm. you know past experience where this is like, okay, I need to make a bank of repetitions <laughs> so I can get up to that level.
0: Yeah. So, did you ever go up against uh, Bronson?
1: I one play. We one play. Up, so yeah, only one, one play. Who won? I won. And, I, and the weird thing, I was playing right guard. I'm gonna at have the time. Bronson on this podcast. I'm gonna ask him the yeah. same question, and he'll he'll say it too. He, he admits it. Okay, I played right guard, uh-huh. and he tried a rip move, and I just rode him out. I pushed him out, and yeah. so the so one time we went up against each other, but I happened to get him on that one. <laughs> so
0: little bro one, older bro zero currently. Yeah. Okay. You know,
1: and we never went against each other in one on ones, even yeah. though everyone was always wanting it.
0: Were, did you guys purposely avoid that?
1: Um. Yes and no. Okay. We, so we do one-on-ones after practice all okay. the time. Okay, Bronze gotcha. and I would go. And, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, if, you know, Bronze, he definitely could have done some work on me had we done some one-on-ones. Okay. So, you know, we went back and forth.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have no doubt about that. Okay, so now that you're in the NFL, is there a, a – is it playing offensive line? You said you're trying to get these reps and everything. Are there linemen that you have now watched on film or have – kind of idolize or try to pattern your
1: game after now oh yeah and it's so because the nfl becomes such a everything's like study you yeah. know i when people ask me what's the difference between college and NFL, i'm like college like an hour of films a lot <laughs> nfl if you're not watching you're watching around six hours a day like that's the usual correct yeah. but you know i watch people like uh, one that i love to watch is villain away because he was he transitioned so, like, left Alej- left
0: yeah, Alejandro Villanueva. He's yeah, a former what, Army Ranger. Exactly. He played
1: wide receiver at one point at Army. Yeah, like wide receiver, tight end. Yeah. He even came back. Like, his story is cool because, like, he just kept coming. Yeah. I remember it said on the internet that he, like, paid for a workout. Correct. And as a defense, and they picked him up as a defensive end, and then yeah. somehow he ended up playing left tackle. And
0: now he's an all pro.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, him, I love watching. Um. Tyron Smith, of course, he's a monster. Bactari, the Packers, Mm -hmm. you know, Whitworth. We have similar body builds, and he's with the Rams. Yeah, So there's a lot of dudes I love to watch.
0: Okay, your height, the guy I thought of immediately when I heard you were playing offensive line was Jonathan Ogden. He's an All-Pro, an NFL Hall of Famer for the Baltimore Ravens, who was six-nine and just long as all get out, and that's what allowed him to succeed at such a high level for so many years. Mm-hmm. Have you watched anything like f- former guys who maybe are in the Hall of Fame now, or are you looking just more at current guys?
1: Recently, my film studies has been just current guys, okay. but I definitely I have heard of Ogden before, and yeah. so. I do need to go back and watch some of those older guys as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay, so in the modern day and age of the NFL, obviously we're seeing RPO concepts and spread offenses come up into the league. Andy Reid, of course, a former BYU guy himself, Mm -hmm. has brought a lot of that, and obviously they just won the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. How much uh, from your playing days at BYU, your collegiate experience, are you seeing uh, being brought up to the NFL currently? Um...
1: Like, scheme-wise? Scheme-wise, yeah. Just a, I would say... Well, and it's so different because, you know, I played defense at BYU, yeah. mm-hmm. and I didn't know much about the offense. You yeah. know, you kind of know well, you, overall. Because you, you're separate. You Obviously, oh, yeah. you're
0: in meeting rooms, different separate meeting rooms, obviously. But are you seeing some maybe of the collegiate, even on defense, in terms of the concepts from the college game making their way up to the NFL?
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely things that make it from college to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I I also... Experience like the NFL was at such a higher level correct? that it's just, it's kind of mind blowing, you know, because for example, like in college, like if you knew the 10, 10 plays, you're pretty good. You know, you're like, all right, I got my 10 plays down. Yeah. And then I remember just in training camp, we had around 40 plays, 40 to 50 plays. And then when I switched to offense, it was just this whole other monster. (laughs) And so there's a lot more thinking involved and there's a lot more, I don't know, just process to it all in the NFL. Okay. Okay, so I've been told, and
0: so I, 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 I've talked to people, and they said offensive line is more of a thinking man's position, whereas defensive line is just read and react. Mm-hmm. How accurate is that statement in your experience? Oh,
1: 150%. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Because, and I'm not saying that you don't think as a defensive lineman, yeah. but it is a, like, read and react, whereas defensive line is like, okay, this is my job. Mm-hmm. And if something happens, then this is what I do. You redirect to exactly. That. Okay. Whereas offensive line, it's I, okay. My job overall is this, but uh-huh. this guy's moving here, which would make change my job to this, which would change my footwork to this, change my help to this, yeah. and so there's just w- a lot more things happening on the offensive line even before the snap even goes down.
0: Okay, uh, I want to talk a little bit about BYU here in a minute, but a couple more questions on the NFL what are your goals, dreams, or aspirations at the pro level? Do you want to eventually be – you have an all-pro, like, offensive line type of a thought in your head that I can become that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's that's kind of the mindset you have to have uh-huh. at this level is that you're, you're not playing to be second or to be a backup. It's like I am playing because I want to start at some point, and if I start, I want to play well enough to be an all-pro or something like that. So – yeah, all those aspirations; those are all goals in mind, and hopefully, you know, step by step, I can make them. Have you ever thought of how long you'd like to play in the NFL if you had it your way? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, especially now with the way, because you see a lot of guys retiring early, correct? And before, when I was younger, I was like, wow, why are they retiring early? Like they're so good, they <laughs> could keep going. And yeah. after just one year, I, I respect anyone that's been in the NFL, because it's it's not an easy, easy lifestyle. Yeah, and so. You know, it's it's hard to put a number on it because yeah. you definitely want to be able to play as much as you can give. Correct. But as soon as, you know, it kind of the, it balances out where it's like, okay, your level of play compared to, like, the injuries or whatnot and how your body's taking it, that's mm-hmm. when it's definitely the smartest move not to. So it, I definitely think, you know, if I can play for longer than five years, that'd be great. Hey. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, but definitely it, it all has a lot of things depending on it. If you make it five years, you've beaten the average, obviously. exactly. exactly. I think the average is down to three point one
0: years on average now. Yeah. Which is crazy. The NFL not for not not for long league. Oh no, yeah, not
1: for long. <laughs> and I wonder if that even factors in all the dudes that are like come at come in at training camp, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I would assume, I,
0: I'm, I'm guessing it's probably the active roster, but you're right. If it were just, it might even skew even shorter.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kabotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com. All right, talking with Corbin Kafusi. continuing on here. Let's talk about your time at BYU, because obviously people remember you <laughs> just being a star pass rusher, but also... One of the more fun and playful personalities on this team. Mm. Now that you look back on your time at BYU as a whole year removed from it, yeah, what do you remember about it? What have you taken away?
1: I, I loved my BYU experience just overall. It's funny because I always joke with people. On my BYU, like when I got my jersey, they give it to you, you know, and it's mounted and it has like a little plaque. My Mine says 2011 to 2019, so that's awesome. <laughs> so I had a long time at BYU. You know, I had the mission in between. Correct. I played basketball and football, but I just loved it. I look back and I love my experience.
0: Anything stand out to you now that maybe didn't stand out when we were talking to you, maybe in the lead up to your senior day, et cetera?
1: Um like with BYU. <laughs> yeah, with BYU just
0: in terms of your experience at BYU. Anything stand out now as you look back a little bit further removed? Um
1: it's I don't know, because I think I look back and I'm like, I have no regrets or wish I didn't do anything different just because I had such a good time and people are like, oh, do you wish that you would have played offensive line while you were at BYU? And it's like, yeah, that would have been nice, but I was loving what I was doing at the time. And so it just, everything works out for a reason. Okay. Absolutely. Kay,
0: when it came to what you did in a BYU uniform, I think a lot of people remember you being that spy linebacker. Mm Mm-hmm. What went into that? Did the coach just say, hey, we need somebody
1: to do this, Corbin. We think you're the right guy for it. What was the reasoning behind that? It was uh, because I remember we we kind of put the spy in mostly my junior year. Yeah. that The Khalil Um,
0: Tate, Arizona deal?
1: Yes, I think. Or the year before is like when we started experimenting with it. Okay, gotcha. And then we kind of solidified it my senior year against Khalil Tate. I gotcha, okay. But I remember it was like a foreign concept to me. And at first, I was like, oh, this will be fun. Like, get a roam around because, <laughs> you know, as a defense lineman, you're just, like, straight ahead type yeah. of thing. Where, but when you're spying, you get a C. But I, I remember specifically against Utah State. Okay. Sione and I, Sione Takitaki and I were the ends my okay. junior year. Yeah. And <laughs> we fought over who got to play the spy as in not, neither of us wanted to play the spy. Okay. Because when you're the spy, you don't get a pass rush. Gotcha. And okay. so, like, we would take turns like, okay, you be the spy this time. <laughs> <laughs> I get a rush, and he'd be like, "No, no, you be the spy, and I'll rush." But it was a good concept, just because I guess, and I don't know how it is for quarterbacks, but the coaches were like, "Hey, you're so big that when you're in the middle, like you can disrupt a lot. Like you can get in people's faces, you know, they'll they'll see you, and it'll just change the trajectory of everything." And so that was kind of what went into the whole spy process. Well, and you at six foot nine
0: you you become almost a wall in some cases out there on the field standing up as, as tall as you are aren't you
1: yeah yeah exactly like even now when i like look at it when i'd like see some of the film perspective i'm like oh yeah like i guess I do take up a lot of space because I never realized it. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I, I think yeah, you think you have to see that on film because you think of yourself. You're like, I'm not covering that much ground, but it's like, no, actually, I I am. I'm taller than these guys. I have more of a more of a reach on them, etc. It's, it's fascinating. Okay, also during your time at BYU, people remember you blocking a lot of kicks. Is that a skill that you learn, or is that a skill that you just – it just happens? Like you, They say go in there and jump as high as you can and tip it.
1: Oh, it's it's definitely a skill that you have to learn. Okay. Because I I first went in with that whole thought, like, just jump as high as you can. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I played basketball. Like, I can jump pretty high. But then you realize, like, there's so much more. Like, you have to take at least three steps of push at a certain angle. Okay. And then you have to get your hands up. and And you kind of get a feel for – where they're going to kick it. So luckily by my senior year, the coaches said, like told me I could go wherever I wanted to. Okay. I could like move people around yeah. because even though you might think, I know in some schemes it's like, okay, we think he's going to kick it at this angle. Yeah. Like you get when Once you get a feel it, you're like, no, it's going to go right here. Like uh-huh. it's not going to go where you might automatically assume. And so yeah. it was nice for me to kind of move people around and I could get right to the block point. So, so, so you, so you
0: had the the ability to be like, you know, I'm taking this spot. You you scoot over here, essentially. I'm I'm going right here.
1: Oh yeah, and I remember I got to <laughs> the best times where I got to pick the guys that were pushing for me. Okay, and so I still remember against Wisconsin, uh-huh. Coach Kalani called that timeout because yeah. I was gassed. Okay, <laughs> and I was like, if I'm gonna try and block this, like I need. He's like, you need some time, and I was at first I was like, I'm good, and he's like timeout, we'll take another
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he saved you on that
1: play. Oh, yeah, and then it was like, okay, I want Kyrus and Meti to be the guys pushing because those dudes will move people. So it was – I kind of loved it because I got to, you know, put guys where I wanted them, and it kind of set me up for the perfect spot, but it it worked for us.
0: Absolutely. I wanted to ask you about your time playing for Kalani. Obviously, he got the contract extension this past Mm -hmm. season, a big deal in in that regard, but – what do you remember of your time playing for him as a as a player?
1: As a player, I think the, the greatest part about Kalani is like you he genuinely cares about you and your success okay. and what you want type of thing, you know. And so he will listen to you and like let's say if you have a concern and you bring it up with him, he's going to listen to you and he truly wants to find out the best solution to it. Mm-hmm. I know a, a lot of times, you know, coaches will just be like, uh, like, don't worry, it'll get fixed as time goes on. But Kalani's the type of dude where he's like, no, I want to hear what you guys have to say and go off of that. So how does he do that? Is that? I know you, he had the
0: senior uh, leadership council and everything and also had team captains, obviously, but how does he go about get, uh, getting your guys' perspective? Is it one-on-one meetings or is it in team meetings? How does he go about getting that?
1: Uh, yeah, he has, like, a leadership council that he okay. meets with and whatnot. But I think more than anything, is that he just would spend time with the players. Okay. You know, maybe it's not like a sit-down interview type of thing, yeah. but he might talk to you, like, during practice. He might come up to you, and, you know, you have a little conversation here, and you might be eating, and you have a conversation with him here. But it's kind of just the way he is. He's very personable, mm-hmm. and that was great.
0: Well, I think most people who have interacted with Kalani understand that he is a, he's a true people person.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. When I uh, – when you found out about him getting that contract extension, what was your reaction?
1: I was really excited for him. I was like, you know what, he, he needs some more time to you know, get these. Because any coach, the one thing you want is enough time to show what you can do. Mm-hmm. And so I think with this, it'll help give him that time he needs to truly like, put his vision into effect.
0: I think most people would say, well, he's had four years. But you have to realize, like you, you said, on your plaque, 2011 to 2019. Yeah. He's had the majority of his recruiting classes have been out on missions for the last two or three years, and they're finally now just filtering back into the program. So what you say, I think, absolutely has credence because other programs, four years probably is enough time to show up. But Mm -hmm. BYU, with how many guys go on missions... I think that it's a little slower of a process. Yeah,
1: it's it's definitely a totally different process when you factor in missions and just recruiting classes. And so that's why it can take a little bit longer and whatnot. So as a return missionary, a
0: guy who comes back from a mission, how difficult is it really to get back into playing shape?
1: Oh, this question is, it's hard for me to answer because uh-huh. I feel like I wasn't, I'm not, my mission was so different. Yeah, cause because you went to Korea. Because I went to Korea. Yeah, South Korea. I guess yeah, South Korea, and I, I grew three inches, and like I kind of like manned up on my mission. Okay. You know, I, I'm a super late bloomer, and so I still had a lot of baby fat in college, like when I first came my freshman year and didn't know what to do with my body, but... My mission, like, I didn't even work out, like, crazy hard on my mission. I did the normal 30 minutes a day. Okay. Yeah. But when I came back, I was kind of like a man. And okay. so my body was way different. So I came back, and I was able to run way faster than before, jump way higher. Okay. Like, it was a total – it was like a, an extreme makeover. For Hold me. on. So you're the guy that the opposing coaches talk about going on a mission and coming back Superman. No, Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of what it was. Like, and even – I still remember, like, because we tested everything yeah. – and like Bronson was like, and my dad were losing their minds because yeah. I came in and I remember like the first week I did a vert and it was like, you just jumped 36 inches after mission and you just like ran like this. I like the beep test. The yeah. only guy that had beaten me in the beep test was Mitch Matthews. And I was like, I was like, and how long off a mission were you? I was uh, like maybe three weeks off. So dude, it was just like, <laughs> yeah, I had like grown up. Yeah. And it was great because for me, I was like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> he was promised that this is going to happen for you if Oh, it
0: finally came to fruition.
1: Oh, I always tell people, like, I got my testimony prayer because when I was a little kid, I used to pray all the time. Like, Heavenly Father, I'm not tall, I'm not strong, and I'm not fast, and I'm not good looking. My brother is all of those things. If I could just have one of those. <laughs> We're talking about Bronson obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I was like, if I could just have one, that'd be great. And it took a long time, and then I, you know, I kind of got a few of those. But it took okay. some time. <laughs> so Corbin Kafusi, from now on,
0: because we hit in the media all the time, we talk to opposing coaches. Mm-hmm. These guys go on missions, they come back men. You are the poster child for what they're talking about, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, hey, we will point them in your direction. <laughs> exactly. All right, so, Corbin, let's talk about the current state of the BYU football program. You have a younger brother, obviously, Devin, still playing in the program down there. What was your takeaway from this past season? I know you are watching it from afar, obviously, playing with the New York Jets, but what was your perception of the season?
1: You know, I think, I think they did a lot of good things this year, but I also think there's a lot to grow on. And I think mainly that it's going to come down to the leadership, like the player leadership coming into this next year. Okay especially with guys, you know, that had the option to leave like Kyrus or Matt Bushman coming back, it's all going to come down to leadership. And it's weird because I feel like now there's a shift in football in general, but just the types of upbringings kids have. You know, when I was in high school, there wasn't social media. We didn't have smartphones and stuff. You both. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then now everything is social media and kids get so much hype from this and that. And I think some kids come into college or come into the next level thinking that they're the guy yeah. when it's completely different, you know. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to a lot of leadership and pushing, getting everyone together on the same page and pushing them in the right direction.
0: This may be just my perception, but I'm looking at this program. The past two seasons are actually skewed relatively young. We're talking about guys like Zach Wilson, the offensive lineman there in the program. Oh, yeah. Some of the defensive linemen. Just the program in general has been young. And I feel like in this 2020 season coming up, Mm -hmm. they're finally going to start becoming the old dogs. You have juniors and seniors on the roster in large majority versus freshmen and sophomores. Do you see that too?
1: Yeah. And that's... what I think is going to be a huge difference because when my senior year, we had a lot of seniors. Uh So there's a lot of guys that kind of, you know, knew how things worked and kind of directed people to get there. And and not that they didn't have that last year, but even now this coming year, they're going to have way more of a presence with that.
0: How much does experience play into being a successful
1: college football player? I think it plays a huge amount. More than experience like in the game, it's just experience in the program. Okay. Because you can... Even the guys that, you know, seniors that haven't, you know, played or had a huge impact on the team, mm-hmm. they have their impact in the locker room, in the weight room, in okay. workouts. They they are the ones that I think you need the most to help steer guys the right way. So the, you're talking about where guys like
0: they kind of set the
1: tone, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Oh, yeah. For just, sure.
0: Just guys who were there, they've been through it, and they're, they're leading the way for these young bucks who just joined the program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I know that you spent a year, obviously, in the NFL at this point, but now as you look at guys on the roster, particularly the offensive or defensive line, they're guys that you look at, your brother maybe, perhaps, that you say, okay, this guy could be a breakout star for this team.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, I think there's a lot of guys. And another thing that factors into it for me is yeah. that I've, I've, like, seen these guys, you know, even though it's been a year, like, a lot of the guys I still know. You're still familiar with them, yeah. And, like, I can see that they're starting to kind of bring out their potential, Okay. But, which is kind of nice for me because I'm like, oh, there's that like I knew you had it in you just waiting to see it, so who are some of those guys do you have anybody in mind in particular um there's a well everyone knew that Kyra yeah, said he's a he's a monster, yeah, but I think he's still like there's still so much he could do uh-huh. like he's already a beast, and like you see huge glimpses of it, and I think this year this is gonna be awesome because he's gonna finally like truly show people turn all the heads you know everyone's okay. heads kind of turned, but now yeah. everyone's He's gonna show everyone why he is the way he is. Okay. Um, even you know Lopa, yeah. Uh, Uriah, Uriah Latella, yeah, yeah. Latella. He he has a ton of potential, and like I I saw him take a huge step this year. Uh-huh. For him, um, I don't want to be biased and say my little brother, but <laughs> hey, you got to put the pressure on him, obviously. Oh, oh yeah. There's definitely we definitely put some good pressure on him, but he has, I've said it before, and my brother Bronson has too. Like he has the most talent out of either of us okay so he pulls that out that'll be huge and then even on the offensive line there's a lot of guys that are great Mm -hmm. great and like you said young yeah so so brady christensen oh yeah
0: so brady a lot of people are projecting is going to be an nfl draft pick as an offensive tackle they just have they see the natural ability in him now that you're playing left tackle in particular the position he plays for byu what do you see from him in particular i i
1: just, I still remember like going up against him and being uh-huh. like, oh, "This guy, Brady can play." Uh-huh. And now that I watch it from the other side, it's he can definitely play, and he definitely has the things you want in an offensive lineman. Okay. And so it's I, I won't lie, I found myself like watching him, being like, "Okay, I'm gonna try that," because you know Brady, he knows what he's doing, and so he's he's already been he's a great player. Like I'm excited to see where he goes. I think he definitely can make it the next level.
0: I know you have familiarity with Zach Wilson, obviously. He Mm -hmm. had injuries this past season. We had three different quarterbacks won games for BYU this year. Yeah. (laughs) Which is crazy. Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, and Zach Mm -hmm. Wilson. When you look at these guys playing quarterback for BYU, I know you didn't play on the offensive side of the ball at BYU, but what has kind of been your perception watching these guys play and succeed all at quarterback?
1: Uh, I I think the thing for me when I was watching each – because I've watched each of them, you know, as they – they each had their runs, yeah. which was awesome. First of all, all, all of them are great on foot. Okay. You know, they yeah. can all, like, make plays on foot if they need to. But I love that they each have a different playing style. Yeah. And you can see it very clearly. And so, as an offensive lineman, it's great. It's, it's great because you know they can all make plays, mm-hmm. but then it's going to come down to, you've got to get familiar with one. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Because you're not, you don't. As I, 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 I don't mean to interject here, but I think you guys are creatures of habit as an offensive No, minor. yeah, absolutely. And when you have a quarterback that plays a certain way, you get used to protecting in a certain way, and all of a sudden that's up, they throw another guy in there. It's like, okay, now i got to switch how I'm playing to fit this guy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, every play you're going to do your best to protect the quarterback or do what the play is meant to do, but guys have different tendencies, yeah. and so getting used to them is huge, and so... I give props to the BYU offensive line for, you know, being able to switch it up as, you know, guys came through. And so it'll be interesting to see this next year, what happens with, you know, that whole situation with the different quarterbacks and, you know, vying for the position. What are your
0: expectations of the BYU football program as an alum of the program?
1: I I keep my expectations super high. You know, I, ever since I was a kid and I was a big BYU fan, like, my expectations is you've got to win. If you're not going to win all the games, then you better win almost all the games. Okay. You know? all right. yeah. yeah, I get it. I get so, it. And, and this year, this next year, I expect them to do really well.
0: You don't want to put a number on it. I don't want to put okay. a number
1: specifically on it, but yeah. I, I expect them to do way better than last year. Not saying they didn't do great last year, yeah. but I think that they'll be able to take a bigger step this year.
0: Well, I think most BYU fans would kind of agree with you in that assessment because they look at games last year. They look at the USF. They look at the Toledo game. They look at what happened in the Hawaii Bowl against the University of Hawaii. You come up a player too short, and guess what? You take a loss versus a game that otherwise you may have taken a win from and would have changed the perception of a season.
1: Yeah, exactly. I,
0: what, when, I know because when you're so engrossed with the with the Jets and everything, how closely were you watching the program this past
1: season? Um. I I tried to watch as much as I could, but like yeah. you said, it's such a different beast. And, you know, there was days where Bronson and I would go from basically five in the morning till seven at night, mm-hmm. and then come home, and you got to go right to bed because you're waking up at five again. <laughs> and so, like we would always try to catch the games, and especially if we had the weekend or whatnot, we try to catch or, or rewatch games. Luckily, <laughs> social media we see all the big plays and whatnot. But I won't lie; it was probably the hardest I, time I've had trying to keep up with you know, BYU football. Well, even because you're on the East Coast,
0: I've heard from East Coast BYU fans that yeah. BYU plays a lot of these late games and that's 10.30 sometimes, 10.45 on the East Coast before it kicks off. Exactly. I just, I, I don't, I, I I would struggle just speaking as a guy who, if I had to cover a team that was two time zones behind me, it'd be so tough to cover.
1: Yeah, that was, that. I didn't know that how big of a problem, because I've heard it too from yeah. East Coasters and then finally when I experienced it, I was like, yeah, that's real. And, we were I was living in Bronx and he has a newborn baby Correct. and it's like we you can't make a noise you know you're just trying to be like watch this game and you're so tired you're yeah. just like oh <laughs> so eventually pops off to hats off to the east coast watchers <laughs> yeah absolutely eventually you're saying, okay you know what I'm calling it night. I'll catch you <laughs> Yeah exactly I'll see in the morning, exactly like, okay. you in the morning. <laughs> absolutely
0: all right uh, Corbin last couple of things here before we let you go you uh, obviously grew up a BYU guy your dad coached the BYU for so many years so you have a unique perspective on the BYU football program just because you've had a dad as a coach mm-hmm. and the, who coached at BYU for so many years. Spent time at the University of Utah before that. He played at BYU as well. The Kafusi clan has put all kinds of athletes at the collegiate level but in particular at BYU. It started with your dad, obviously his brothers played a large role and now it's your kind of your generation is all breaking through here. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? And kind of did you see that coming growing up?
1: It's weird because growing up you didn't see it coming, but it was almost like it wasn't a surprise. Okay. Because we grew I grew up going to BYU football camps. We it'd kind of be our fun week. Okay. In the summer where all of our cousins would come stay at our house. So <laughs> okay. you got twenty twenty dudes sleeping in the basement and every night we were playing, you know, night games or playing cops and robbers, we're running all over the uh-huh. city. And to be honest, like when everyone came, when they started coming to BYU, it was just like, oh, we're used to this. We're yeah. used to all the guys down here at BYU. So it's been so sweet, though. Like, I look back on it now with a little bit different perspective, and I'm like, it was amazing that I got to play with multiple cousins and, fit, like, brothers. So it was sweet. So it was a true family reunion when you had all the
0: cousins in town, it sounds like.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> when
0: is your dad your biggest critic as a player? Oh yeah. Cuz he's has the coaching reference.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like when especially when he was my coach at BYU. Yeah, Cuz he spent time as your coach, yeah. Oh yeah. It was and I had heard from Brons a little <laughs> bit about it. Okay. Because growing up, I was kind of the kid in the family that wasn't very athletic and Well, you so, mentioned the whole p- praying like, "Hey, I need one of these oh, things." Oh yeah. Like it that. was like, "Okay, Bronson's going to we're going to put Bronson in AAU and Corbin can do an art program at the rec. Like that was I was that kid, you know, okay. where it's like he's still figuring out what he likes to do. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. And so but Bronx would always tell me, like, oh yeah, dad dad's tough on us, like way more than the other players. And I was like, Oh, sure. And then when he was my coach, I was like, Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it, it was good for us, it, it helped us a ton. So I know, obviously, you and Bronson are
0: close. I don't think you guys ever played together at BYU. If I'm not mistaken, we didn't. So, yeah. how cool is it now that you guys are on the same in the same NFL franchise?
1: Oh, it's it's a dream come true. Uh-huh. We always, it's funny because we always talked about how at BYU we we're going to have this time together, where we played together, and we'd live together and be roommates, and that never happened. Yeah. And now it's funny that oh. We just had to wait till then, the next level to do that.
0: <laughs> well, and it seems like it's a, it would be a pretty rare thing to see to see two brothers from the same mm-hmm. family playing for the same NFL franchise.
1: Yeah, like I know there's a couple other others that are like that, but it's super rare. But I I enjoy it because one Bronson, they knew what kind of person I was based off of Bronson. Okay, like Bronson gotcha. and when I got there. They knew Bronson because he was a hard worker. Uh-huh. You know, he's kind of the first one in, last one out kind of guy. And he was a good dude. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of people were I – was, I was pleased to go in and see how many people respected Bronson for that. And I think, you know, they took a shot on me because of that. They're like, okay, if he works like Bronson, then we can definitely take him.
0: Well, any uh, final thoughts from you that you'd like to pass on to BYU fans?
1: Ooh, any final thoughts? I <laughs> – I'm just excited. Okay. I'm excited for, like, be ready for this next year because some big things are going to happen. Well, you obviously said you have the expectation these
0: guys are going to go out and win a bunch of games this year in your mind.
1: Oh, absolutely. Not just win. I think they're going to do it in a way that's just they need to dominate. Okay. You know, they're going to come out and dominate teams, and it's not going to be surprising to me because I know these dudes and I know what they can do. All right. Corbin, I can't
0: thank you enough for taking all the time, but it was a blast to catch up with you.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me. A hey, Prime members.